Hi there guys and welcome to episode 5 of the SDR Disco Call podcast. Today's star performer is Charlie May from Lidu. Charlie is based out in Malaga, so we're going to be learning about how she got locked in on lockdown and found her dream job through social media, her recruitment, coaching and interview process while being backed up by her SDR manager. Also how she built a relationship in sales with her father and why she loves LinkedIn. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8am, we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, I want to welcome our next guest. This is Charlie May. Uh, she's from Lidu. We recently connected on LinkedIn because her tagline really stood out to me and I was intrigued to learn a bit more. And we connected on a call just to learn about her SDR story. So as it goes, I thought I'd invite her to the show and here she is. So thank you so much for joining, Charlie. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problems. So, Charlie, for the listeners out there uh, that can't see you but can hear you, give us a, a little introduction as to who are you, kind of where are you at, what you're doing, and what do you like to do outside of uh, SDRing? Okay. Um, so, obviously, my name's Charlie. I'm 22. Um, I'm currently living in Malaga in Spain, working for Lidu, as you mentioned. Um, so, I'm currently in the SDR role. I've been working with Lidu for three months. Um, so, still classed as a, a newbie as such. Um, so, at Lidu, we're, we're basically a lead-driven marketing platform. Um, so, we work with our um, you know, prospects to help increase the amount of quality leads they get from their existing website traffic. Um, so, you know, we've got tools that are able to activate their visitors into engaging conversations. And it's a really, like, cool and modern tool um, that, you know, our, our prospects see the the kind of personality within the tool as well. Um, and we kind of, you know, we help our clients to get 30 to 70% more leads compared to what they were previously getting. So, you know, it's a, it's a good product to sell. Um, and I like the product, which obviously always helps when you're, you're trying to pitch a product. <laughs> yep. Um, and then out of work, um, I live over here with my partner. Um, so me and him try and do things at the weekend if we're not exhausted from work. Um, yeah. Obviously trying to enjoy the sun. We are in Spain um, and it gets cold in the winter. So we are trying to get the most of the weather at the minute. Um, but other than that, we're, we're quite chill. So we'll just watch stuff over the weekend um, and take the weekend to reset really. Um, and just kind of get ready for the for the following week. Um, and then I like to perform out of out of work as well. Um, so because of COVID, that's that's kind of been paused at the moment. Um, yeah. But I am I am looking at going back into my performing with a group here. Um, and then other than that, I am awful for Netflix and reading. So if you can't get a conversation <laughs> out of me, um, that's usually why my head's usually in a book or my earphones are in for Netflix. Love it. Thank you. And you, you mentioned um, a really interesting point here, which we're going to dive into shortly. But kind of this is like your new first SaaS role as an SDR. You're learning about a tech company and everything. Um, and obviously, we're going to dive into that. But I was also looking at your LinkedIn. You've had kind of like different experiences of working as like a, a telemarketer at Dixon's. You worked at uh, DHL. You've done some telesales as well. 
Uh, and also there was that performance piece that really stood out to me. And it's something I'm seeing in a lot of SDRs that I'm speaking to recently. Yeah. But could you kind of walk us through the journey of Charlie, like before you got into Lido, what was that journey like, Charlie? Yeah, um, I mean, so when I I went to college, um, did musical theatre, went to uni um, and carried on do, doing musical theatre. Um, unfortunately, which, you know, seems to be a bit more common now, uni didn't work out for me for, for X amount of reasons. Um, and I left after my second year um once I'd left I kind of went back to to where I was living in Leicester and was was kind of at a dead end I was very I was more obsessed with going out with my mates than trying to find myself a career um I was I was at that age and I don't think it's a problem I think um I spoke about this on my LinkedIn before I think especially in this day and age if you go to uni or you don't go to uni and you don't know what you want to do with your life so what <laughs> you've got all this time and experiences the most I've learned out of out of the year since I've left uni is experience because those experiences have helped me to actually realize what what I what it is that I actually want to do yeah. um so yeah like you said I've I've done customer service and sales and um I was a bit of a brat <laughs> so maybe you know turning up late or, or not doing the amount of work but I was always good at customer service I like speaking to people I'm sociable um mm. Even the, you know, the chatting part of it, you you might solve their problem or you might be looking to sell them something. But at the end of the day, you're speaking to people. You you can have a normal chat. And a lot of the time, if you're if you're speaking to the right people in the right manner, you're going to have good conversations and it can really help to kind of cheer up your day and and speed your day along because you're enjoying, you know, the role that you're actually doing. Um yeah. But yeah, so the the last job before I actually came to Lido, I was doing sales again over in Spain. Um, and I'd finally got to the point when I moved over to Spain and I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I'm going to stay in sales. But if I'm going to do that, sales is sales. I have to be at the top of my game. I can't just put <laughs> half of my effort into it um, yeah. and expect to, you know, reap the rewards and, and things like that. So I did the sales um, and then I was in a job where I loved it. I was getting people out of timeshare, um, which is very popular in Spain. So yeah. we were helping to get them out of that. Loved it, but there just wasn't a chance for for progression in the com company, unfortunately. Um, so when I found Lido, it kind of ticked all the boxes in the in the outreach for the job, um, yeah. which of course you're like, yep, yep, brilliant. Um, and then when I started at Lido about three months ago during lockdown. Um, it actually managed to tick the requirements that it had said, which was great because a lot of the time these jobs offer a lot of things, and sometimes, unfortunately, it's not it's not what they say they is that what they say it is. Um, yeah. But with Lido, they managed to to tick all the right boxes and carry on <laughs> when I actually went into the role, which was great. Love it. That is a cool story, and um, I can definitely resonate in terms of with education and paths. If something's not right for you. Uh, and then that you do have other opportunities outside. Yeah. That's kind of the same story that I went through myself. Um, an interesting piece that you put in there is about customer service and that you love speaking to people and yeah. <laughs> human interactions, et cetera. Um, similar to myself, I've worked in a lot of customer service roles before I went into sales. And I used to love chatting to customers on the phone, face to face, or when I used to work in Pizza Hut many years ago, uh, hmm. meeting customers at the counter. Um, but obviously with customers, you can get happy customers and you can get angry customers. And of stuff. course. <laughs> and I understand as SDRs, we speak to a lot of people on the phone and we're trying to get through to them. And sometimes they might be in a bit of a bad mood. Like mm -hmm. how do you handle when you get that sort of angry or right customer, either as an SDR or when you was working in customer service? How did you handle that? 
I think it goes back to the you're speaking with people you're not just because they've got a job doesn't mean that they're not a normal person out of work. You're you're going to ring somebody and something tragic could have happened or their kid could have spilled a bowl of cereal over them in the morning and that's put mm. them in a mood for the day. It happens to everyone. Um, and I think when you have calls like that, although it can be a challenge, I think it can kind of be a, you know what, let's reevaluate. Maybe we've got off on the wrong step. Maybe, you know, have a brief conversation with them. But if it's not something they're interested in, especially with sales for the time being, you can you can use that and you can say, look, it doesn't sound like a good time for you. And half the time they'll appreciate it. They'll be like, right, mm. you know what? Yeah, it's not. I'm sorry. Let's try again next week. Um, and that and that gives you a good foot. And then if it is something small or, or minor, when you speak to them next and you say, look, it wasn't the right time. They might even talk about it. They might laugh and say, yeah, you know what? The, the dog got a sock and we were running to the vets at eight in the morning, you know? So um, yeah. I think that's great. With customer service, obviously, it's a bit different because, you know, they're asking for your help and sometimes they can, they might not be very happy. But with customer service, I always used to think if they were unhappy customers, I want them to be happy customers by the end and help them. Because if they're having a crap day, then, you know, by the end of the day, they're going to feel a bit better because they'll think, oh, but that woman actually helped me, you know, get past the problem that that may have been a big part of their day as well. And going back to what you said about, about relationships, I mean, some of the best kind of closers that I've had, whether it's been like right at the beginning of my sales journey, they might be people that I've had four or five calls with over the space of six weeks. But I know about their kids and what's going on at home and I've you build that much of a relationship that when you actually kind of pass them on and they're going to be a closer you get a bit upset about it because you're like oh do you know what that was like that was my friend that I spoke to once a week so it's great to have that aspect in sales where you feel like you're doing something for them and you're you're reaching something for them but it's still you've been able to build that relationship and and give a good name on the brand as well if they've worked with a brand and they've had a good a good experience that they're, they're going to recommend it to people and they're going to want to go back as well. 100% agree, Charlie. And I think if you're able to do that in your current role today as well, uh, and you speak to people at Ledoux, and when you move on to your next SaaS journey or your next company and you're building out this network, these people will remember you that when you want to reach out to them to introduce, hey, I'm working at a new company, yeah. this is kind of what you do, it's going to be an easier conversation to have. Yeah, so. definitely. I absolutely love it. And also, if we go back to like where you said, okay, you, you came to Malaga, you was working in the timeshare place, and then you found Lee doing, you said, right, it's sales that I want to do. I remember you kind of telling me in our, our chat earlier in the week that you used to work with your father and his company, and he kind of gave you a bit of advice. I'd love to for the listeners to be able to hear that story, kind of what was going on there. Um, yeah, so it was funny, actually. I worked at, at Wix with my dad. Um so my dad was actually dealing with the kitchens and bathrooms. So he was doing the whole the whole journey. So obviously speaking to the clients, looking at designing their kitchen and bathroom and going right through the process. Um, and I remember when I worked there, I was doing the customer service. So I was doing the tills um, and it was a really funny experience, actually, because obviously my dad was in the office um, kind of doing the kitchens and bathrooms. And on my lunch break, I'd be like, Dad, should we go get a McDonald's? And everyone would be like oh great so you've got your dad here like and it was nice to it was nice to build that relationship with my dad as well to be it's not something I'd recommend completely long term working with my dad for years and years um but it was lovely to have that experience with working with my dad um but because my dad's had kind of he's always done kitchens and bathrooms and sales and and that kind of background um I think I take after my dad in a lot of ways with my personality so when he sells 
I think a lot of his attributes I've actually got from him in that sense. Um, mm. So when I got to when I got to a bit of a later age, Dad said to me, "What about sales?" And at first, I kind I kind of just said, "Like, no, that's that's not me. Like, pushy sales. No, I, mm. I'm not about that." Um, and then I ended up listening to my dad's advice and went into this sales um, kind of experience. And it was great to, one, be able to go home and speak to my dad about it and him understand what I was saying. Um, mm. You know, to go home and be like, oh, I've got this client and this happened. And my dad actually would go through the journey and give me, you know, feedback and, and give me tips and advice on on how to help. Um, but yeah, so I guess I kind of owe it to my dad, really, that I'm in sales, if, if we speak in that sense. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's it's great to be able to bounce off somebody that's kind of gone through the plays of sales and look at different ways of doing stuff to help his daughter out and to yeah. your point, strengthen that relationship as well in the family. 100%. And I remember like with, with my family, when I told them, all right, I'm going to go join a startup. It's a tech thing. It's called SaaS. They were like, Neil, like it's not a proper job. Like <laughs> there's so many risks and everything involved. And when I tried to explain them kind of what we did and what the solution was, it completely went over their head. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really interested to know, like when you explain to your family that you was working for Lidu and kind of what they did, what was kind of the feedback from them? Did they get it or kind of how did they take it? To be honest, joining Lidu was a funny one because I was in the timeshare job mm. and then we went into lockdown in Spain. Um, and when I say lockdown in Spain, I mean, you're allowed out for the chemist in the supermarket. You weren't allowed wow. on walks. You weren't allowed out. It was awful. Oh, um, so I'd got to the point where I was ready to leave my old job and found Lidu. But I was in the middle of, of this COVID situation. And I was like, do I risk it and go for this job that could be an amazing opportunity? Or do I stay in the job that I'm in knowing that I've got that security of having a wage through the pandemic whilst I'm, I'm working at home? Um, yeah. So I really struggled with it. And as soon as I kind of had my first interview, I was, I'd kind of made up my mind already. Um, so I spoke to my dad. My dad's very, very supportive and very go for it. Um, so my dad was like, yeah, as long as you know, it's all, it's all legit. It's something that you're going to have. Um, go for it. Whereas my mum... Um, as lovely as she is, is a bit more straight headed. Um, yeah. So my mum said to me, look, you need to think about it and think what realistically is going to going to be good for you. Are you going to be secure in this job? Um, my partner was very similar to my mum as well. Um, but when I explained Lido, actually, I found it helped me when I went into the job because the way I had to explain Lido to my mum and my partner is how mm. you might explain it to prospects. Yep. So making it simple and, and really getting to the bottom line of what Lidu does to be able to then explain it to my mum and my boyfriend really helped when I actually got into the role because I think it made me understand more to begin with. Um, yeah. But yeah, so in the end, just went for it. Really glad that I did. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I struggled because obviously we were in COVID and I was like, what if, what if it doesn't work out? <laughs> And that's a very valid point. There is always that fear of what if it doesn't work out and a way mentally that I flip that sort of anxiety and fear in a lot of decisions I've made in life is what if it works out? Yeah. What if I join this company? What if it turns into the greatest role? And I remember uh, many years ago, like when I started on my own, my SCR journey, I said I wanted to be like the CEO of my own company, the MD of it of all. And I sat there and I remember a lot of people and my friends and family said, Neil, you're freaking crazy, man. Like, get your head out of the clouds. What are you <laughs> thinking? And I always used to say to them, well, what if it does work? And they said, well, it'd be amazing if it did, but let's be realistic. And I've also learned that sometimes when you have that passion or that spark on the fire to co-achieve something, to your dad's point, 
just go for it. Yep. Uh, but I'm very happy to see and hear that you did go for it and you're still doing the role so well done. And also you mentioned something very, very important. It's like if you're able to explain simply what you do to your friends, your parents, your grandparents, that's exactly the best way to speak to a prospect, I think, because if you're on the phone, they're on the other side of it. They haven't got a demo in front of them. They don't have a website. You need to perhaps in 30 seconds to a minute kind of explain what it does. So a really good acronym that uh, I got taught by the CEO of Showpad was uh, KISS, K-I-S-S, which is keep it simple, stupid. Yep. And I've always tried to do that with discussions and I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I get too caught up because I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but But I love to hear it. And Obviously, like with going through that process and joining Ludo, like how, how did you come across Ludo and kind of what was that interview experience like for you? Um, yeah, so when I when I actually found the job initially, it was on a, a Facebook ad. Um, and I don't think I was actually looking for a job at the time because, as I said, I was happy in my role and, and I wasn't looking to kind of go elsewhere. Um, and I found a Facebook ad which then took me onto the site um, and then they used an in-page bot, which is one of the conversational tools that we used. Um, and it was able to give me like a, a pre-interview, um, but in quite a cool way. It's not something that I've ever experienced before. Um, oh, wow. And this, the, the technology of it is embedded into the job role, um, but it, it asks questions in a really personal way and it's like a cool way to associate. Um, so they tell you what they want from you, but then they ask the questions um, and it kind of gives you the drop down option. So how many years experience have you got? And it's a really fun interactive way, I'd say, to kind of apply for a role. Um, and for saying that was the first kind of interaction that I had with Ludo, I was already enjoying it. <laughs> and I was like, this mm. is great. Um and I remember actually because of the process of the interview, I then actually spoke to my family about it. And although I'd not heard anything yet, I was so like, oh, I had this interview and it was really cool. And my mum was like, have you spoke to somebody? And I was like, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just done it on the internet. And she was like, I don't understand. I was like, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're actually using this tool, funnily enough, um, at the moment with recruiters. I've just started a new sector within staffing and recruitment. Um, mm. So it, it's really good. I mean, it pre-qualifies candidates and reduces the time of the hiring process. So like I say, it's really personal. Um, but when the actual interview process started, Adam, my manager, gave me a call um, and we had kind of an initial chat to begin with. But it was quite a thorough, a thorough process, really. I mean, I had kind of a cold calling email task um, and over the phone cold calling task mock calls. Um, mm. So it's quite like extensive, but it was really enjoyable. It was nice to, you know, associate with a company that were interested in making sure people had the skill sets to match the role. Um which was great. But obviously, again, because we were in lockdown, um, I got to have virtual drinks over Skype <laughs> at the end of it. Um, oh, and lovely. that was great. Um, so with my colleagues at the moment, there was only there was only three of them. Um, so Hayley, Dan and Kevin. And then I joined the call and it was great. We just had a drink, had a chat. Um, and I ended up staying on for like an hour longer than needed because I was enjoying myself. Obviously, it was lockdown, so I wasn't speaking <laughs> to anyone. Um, but yeah, and it was a really cool way to kind of meet the team and have like an onboarding session before before I even found out if I got the role. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's that whole experience of applying, uh, going through those motions, kind of going through the little bits of tests and whatnot. And actually having real conversations with the team to understand about them a little bit more. But I love that virtual drinks uh, at the end of it. 
And it's a question um, a lot of SDR managers ask me, like, what's the optimal kind of interview process? We're working with recruiters. And sometimes they're just putting out job posts. They're trying to get somebody and they have maybe a 10, 15 minute chat and then they don't hear from them. Yeah. Um, but what in terms of like hearing feedback of, you know, kind of getting on board with Adam and just having those initial chats, what was that experience like? How uh, quick were they to respond? How long did you have to kind of wait? Because there might be people listening in that are about to apply for their SDR job. What what advice would you give them? Um, oh, um, so with advice, I would say 100% be yourself. Don't try and blend yourself into a role. I understand that you have a work persona and an out-of-work persona, but especially with something like sales, you have to have a personality. Your your personality has to shine through your roles. Um, same as when you're sending you know, a cold email or you're doing a cold call. They don't want to speak to a robot. They want to speak to a person. So you have to make sure that your personality shines through. Um mm. Obviously, you know where to draw draw a line in an interview. Um, there's things you don't say in an interview. Um, but again, we keep saying this, but people are people. Like you, you may be chatting to a manager and having an interview, but they're a person too. And that was mm. one of the things that stood out to me when when I have my interview process with Adam, um, because he's kind of from the UK as well. Um, in regards to kind of knows the the culture of the UK. Um, when I was speaking about like school years and and chatting, he was really easy to speak to and it didn't feel like one of those interviews where you're panicking because you, you know, like your heart's beating so fast because you're nervous. He made yeah. me feel really comfortable. And I think that was one of the main things that stood out of the interview process because it was nice to, you know, actually chat and learn about the company and, and learn about Adam himself just to mm. really understand that I was going to be working for people and not not a big kind of, of company where they kind of overturn numbers, especially with it being a startup. I'd never yeah. never been a part of that. So it was amazing to, to have that personal connection straight away. Well, Adam, if you're listening in, which hopefully <laughs> you are, just say, well done, dude, congrats. That's You've given a great experience to Charlie. And Charlie, um, I think a lot of people listening in, not just SDRs, we may even have recruiters listening into these sort of things. <laughs> but uh, to optimize the process, I think that is pretty much the best way to go. And as you mentioned, like working for a startup, this is a first time for you. You've met with Adam uh, and then you go into your onboarding for Lido and learning about the world. What was that onboarding experience like for you? Yeah, the onboarding was great. Um, I think it was nice to kind of strip it all back. Um, I think I'm at an age where if I have bad habits from sales, I'm at the age where I can break out of them, <laughs> um, which is good. So it was nice to kind of in the onboarding sessions, strip all that back and and restart and, and talk about the basics of sales and the basics of cold calling before we went into the product and getting confused by too much at once. Um, mm. So, yeah, it was great. And we had a lot of mock call sessions to begin with as well, which I think helped because, you know, rather than being thrown on the phone, I had the chance to kind of not not too much kind of um, preparation, but I got the chance to really be able to understand it before I got on the phone. Um, but a lot of the the things that I learned in the onboarding session were very, um, I think, listening. So having a conversation with somebody and letting them finish what they're saying before jumping in, obviously, like their opinion being important. I feel like that was a huge thing that I took away from it. Um, when I first started this job, I was... I don't think it's rude. I think it's a personality, but I think I was so rude. I was constantly cutting people off. Like what I had to say was more important. Um, so with the onboarding, I really learned to kind of respect that my prospects are more important than me 
in that sense um and and whatever they they say i'm going to learn from it so to really learn to to have those conversations and not just talk at them and and take on board you know what they're saying and learn from it I think you've learned very well, Charlie, and you're, you're really right. So obviously a really great skill set for an SDR or anybody in sales is the the, uh, the, the the action of active listening. So active listening is to listen with intent without the intent to reply straight away. And I get it. I used to cut people up all the time in conversations because as soon as I heard a pain word or a challenge or an issue, I'd jump and say, well, yeah, do you know what? We can definitely help you out. And it kind of made the other person feel, well, he's not really being empathetic to my needs as to what he's doing. Um, and a really good tip that uh, I taught myself that, uh, again, I learned as an SDR was when somebody was speaking, uh, as soon as they finished speaking, I would tap my foot on the floor three times. Okay. Because that would give them enough time in case they had another thought that they wanted to spurt out. And if they hadn't spoken, then I would resume the conversation. And that kind of helped me balance because... I think for a good conversation, if you're an SDR or whoever you're talking to, um, especially if you're asking questions, is your prospect should be do 70% of the talking whilst the SDR should do 30%. And that 30% is just asking questions of, okay, so what's your process? How is it currently working for you? Or how did that make you feel? And what would be the impact if you could achieve this? And just letting your prospects unload. And I think I think the best analogy that I've got is that we're kind of psychiatrists in sales yep. where our prospects come in to sit on a couch and they want to unlo unload their mind and tell us about their problems. And if you think about psychiatrists, they can get paid up to two to three hundred pound an hour just yeah. for saying a couple of words. And then the the, the patient walks out thinking, ah, do you know what? I feel so much better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think, sorry, another another great tip actually for, for SDRs always have a notebook next to you always if you're on a call with somebody write down those tips like if they say for example their pain is they they don't get enough traffic to their website whatever it is write it down and when they finish speaking lead with that say so i noticed that you didn't get you don't get enough website traffic but really just if you're listening to what they're saying that's great and even if you think you're going to remember it write it down it's not going to hurt you to jot a couple of words down and have it next to you and use that for when you carry on speaking because even the person you're on the phone with will go oh they've actually like really just listened to what I've just said so I think a really good tip just have a notebook have a pen and just just jot I think I'm on my third notebook and I've been here three months <laughs> like just use the notebook I love it and I 100% I agree it's really important to keep notes um, what I used to find is I used to take my notes on my laptop on my Mac when I was in calls. And then I learned that if you actually write notes down, like you said, in a notepad, uh, you can actually recall memories and emotions more from when you had that conversation. Mm -hmm. But maybe something you can help the other SDRs out in. Uh, a lot of SDRs uh, tell me, Neil, it's really difficult to listen to somebody, to take notes, to write everything down and then look back up at them and ask questions. And I'd always say, do you know what, just bullet point the words that you've heard. But how do you keep notes and how are you able to do two things at once, Charlie? I'll be honest, my notebooks are so scruffy. They are awful. You do not, it's not something you look at to learn something. Like it is just random words all over the place. 
Um, one thing I'll do, I'll tend to do kind of like, um, like you said, bullet points or a, a little cloud and just mm. put a couple of keywords. Um, I think if you put keywords, you don't have to write full sentences. Your brain's clever. <laughs> if you write yeah. one word, as soon as you look at that word, m- more more times than not, you're going to understand what you've meant by writing that word. Um, so I would say just keep it short, keep it sweet, just write yourself a couple of words and, and you'll retain it. You'll understand as soon as you look at it. It's only going to have been, what, 15, 20 seconds before that they've said it. So you don't need to be writing long sentences and getting yourself distracted. Just keep it short and sweet and and it will help. Love it. Thank you so much for that, Charlie. Um, so another thing that I'd love to for the listeners to learn about yourself is I looked when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, like you want to kind of help other SDRs and you said in your tagline, I want to put the fun back into SDRing. <laughs> kind of what's your ambitions or aspirations of how you want to help other SDRs? Kind of what's uh, on Charlie's plan? Um, I'm not sure really. I think when I started, I'd never used LinkedIn. I didn't really know my password. I didn't I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I'm quite a creative person. And I think LinkedIn is such an amazing tool to be able to use for work because it's such an amazing platform. You can you can talk about yourself. You can talk about other people. You can try and be motivational. And there's all these different things that it's just, I just, I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform. I'm not promoting it, um, but no, I think it's a great platform. And the main thing that I wanted to do was kind of just not come in from a, a confidence point of view because I, I've not been in the SDR role that long. But if I learn something from my SDR role and I can pass it on to one person, that's me being able to help one person. Um, mm. And I think if you can do that whilst being creative, then that's that's great. You can, you can do that. Um, but I actually did a, a LinkedIn training session this week. Um, oh, so cool. the first, the first training session I've ever done with our, with our newbies, um, and Adam kind of trusted me to, to take the, take the plunge. Um, so I wow. set up a little presentation about LinkedIn and I left the, um, training and thought, God, these guys are going to think that like I'm bugged by LinkedIn. I just kept talking <laughs> about how great it was. And I just think as in a sales industry, it is just such a great tool, whether it's, I've connected with a lot of SDRs recently. Um, mm. And that's not from a prospect point of view. That's from a, I really want to make sure that my LinkedIn, I've got as many SDRs on there as possible because that's who I'm working with in essence. Yeah. Um, and I want to really build my relationships with SDRs. So my end goal, I would say, is to have a, a big network of SDRs that can use my information to learn from it, but also let me learn from them. I mean, everybody learns from each other on LinkedIn, and that's what I like. Um, but I do think it's very important to to think with LinkedIn. When you start a role, or if you're in a role, there is so much information on LinkedIn that you can't let yourself drown in it. Just, just get, if you feel like you're drowning in it and there's too much advice and too many tips, just take a break, take a step away from it because it's a great tool, but it can be overused. And I think it can confuse people more sometimes because there's so much information out there. Um, so I'd say it's a great tool and use it. But if you do ever feel like you're getting overwhelmed with the information on there, just take a step back and, and leave it for a few days until you, you revisit it. I totally agree with you, dude, because uh, I was guilty of that last night. So I agree that it's a great networking tool. You can be speaking to lots of people. You can read a lot of blogs and articles, and it's a free library of information like, for us in sales. 
Um, but the other day I kind of went down a dark rabbit hole when I clicked onto one post, I then went over and I started this probably about half 11 last night when I was doing some work and then it got to like 2am and I looked at my clock and I was like, oh my God. Definitely. So I, I like your idea of step away, switch off. Um, and there is definitely some tools out there that you can add to Chrome to kind of kick off uh, from, from reading too much and being online too much. Um, but for you, like you said, you, you're looking to connect with other SDRs and build a network in this community, which is really cool and I love. Um, what stands out to you like when you look at an SDR's profile? What are the things that make you think, oh, do you know what? I'd love to chat to that person or learn a bit more about them. Yeah, I think it's different for different people. I might not, I might not like what you like on LinkedIn, for example. Um, for me, I am ultimate cheese. <laughs> um, so motivational posts, motivational videos. If it's something that I'm going to come in in the morning and I'm going to look through my LinkedIn post and I'm going to see something that either adds value to my job or is going to motivate me on a Monday morning, I'm going to, I'm going to want to connect with you because if you're using that platform for positivity that's fine, be on my network, like 100%. Um, I think with the day and age that we're in, there's you're always going to find negativity, that it's everywhere, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, so I think it's important to not dwell on it, not dwell on the negativity, try and find the positive parts of LinkedIn. Um, mm. So at the moment, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to connect with as many positive people as possible. Um, I think networking networking can come later. If you're looking for prospects on LinkedIn, as great as I think it is to reach out, for me at the moment, that's not my ultimate goal. I want to I wanna become my personality on LinkedIn before I reach that next step. So um, yeah, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's just a great tool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds like you're the beginning of your journey of being a social sniper. But as you mentioned, building your brand identity, uh, getting your brand equity so people kind of know you for who you are. And I love that, the whole positivity mindset and vibe that you want to put out. That's what attracted me to come to your profile, because as soon as I saw that, I was like, this dude is screaming positivity. Um, I want to learn more about them. And I think equally to your point, yeah, we can use it to connect with prospects. I do it for myself and my business and I do it with my clients as well. But um, if you can take that sort of mentality for your prospects, they're people that will want to connect with you in that field. So if it's marketeers, CMOs or kind of like lead demand gen, then that's what you want to do. You're not just another salesperson with a product because we've got a website that shows all of that. And we want to know what value can Charlie add? And I can definitely hand on heart guarantee that you're going to add a lot of uh, value to your customers as well oh, as your network. You. <laughs> so I'm super excited to see you grow with that. So as we're coming towards the end of our lovely session today, what three bits of advice would you give to the Charlie of three months ago um, who's about to start this SDR journey and kind of what things have you learned that you'd love to share with the listeners? Okay, um, so... This is quite hard for me because I try and think back to where I was three months ago mentally out of work and where I am now. Um, and I was in quite different places. So um, it, it, I try and put the pieces together a little bit. Um, the first thing I'd say is just go for it. If you see an opportunity somewhere else and you think there's potential, as we were saying earlier, just go for it. You have one life. You you learn from experience. Just go and, and do it. Do it now. <laughs> um, don't think about it. Um, a second tip of advice I give to myself is not to be too dwelling on what I'm thinking. So if I've got a thought, 
just to say it especially when you you start at a company I think there was a few things when I started um that maybe I was worried to say to Adam because I thought he'd take it the wrong way um and then the longer I'm here I learned that if you just say if you just say it you'll get through that obstacle so much quicker so even if it's um you know something that you're struggling with like personalized emails rather than sitting in silence I wish I'd just have gone right let's do it rather than a few weeks down the line and have spent longer worrying about it than actually solving it um and a last tip would be just enjoy it I've loved the the three months that I've been at Lido I feel like I've been here years um but I I love the job so much that I wish I'd focused on that as well at the beginning and tried to not let my nerves get the better of me I think I'm quite outgoing so maybe I didn't look that nervous but I think I was definitely feeling it um so just to not let my nerves like bother me just to enjoy the job have fun it's all going to work out fine um so yeah just have fun enjoy the job that you're doing don't don't make it feel like a chore Charlie I absolutely love it and 100% agree with it and I'm so happy to see that you're content with this role and as you said like you wish you did certain things in the next uh, in the last 3 months you definitely have the next 3 months to implement all of these and definitely. I'm really intrigued uh, and I'd love to have you back in uh, as another guest to kind of hear what's going on with Charlie, how things have progressed, um, because this is going to be an exciting journey. We'd love to follow you with this. Um, so for the listeners out there, because uh, obviously Charlie's somebody who is very socially active, she's on LinkedIn. Um, Charlie, what would you say for the listeners out there who want to connect with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you or kind of what's the best way to connect? Just connect, just do it. Um, I'm not, to be honest with LinkedIn, um, at the point I'm at now, I'm not I'm not on like a 30,000 follower basis. Um, any connection yet. I'm happy to have. Yes, maybe we'll use yet. Um, any connection I'm happy to have. So honestly, just send me a connect on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to chat, send me a message. Um, that's absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, just connect and we'll have a chat. I'm happy to speak to anyone and I'm happy to have kind of anyone on my network. Thank you so much, Charlie. So guys, um, I wanted to say a massive thank you to Charlie May from Lidu as being one of our SDR guests on the SDR Disco Call podcast. And we will definitely be having you back in <laughs> as a future guest. But Charlie, I just want to say again, massive thank you. Happy selling and best of luck. Perfect. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.